Chapter 9 Nato sat on the bed in his room. Well, in the room that was provided for him once he had been brought back. His old room was occupied by that fuzzball Wookiee that Ness had picked up. They locked him inside the room to keep him from running away. What they didn't realize was he wouldn't have run, even had they allowed him to. Kabek Nonlin was not someone to play about with, and he had specifically told Nato to give his name to Nasala. Nato wasn't sure how his employer would feel when he was forced to handle over them instead. I don't really see a difference between the two. As long as they show up, Quebec should be happy with me. As he sat, he heard the sound of voices outside the door. He recognized both Sarhaka and Ness's voices. Which probably means she's got that damn Wookiee with her too. The door swung open and the blue-skinned Twilik stepped in first, with Ness following close behind. Nato was pleased to see that the Wookiee had not accompanied them this time. It must have shown on his face, though. You really don't like OZ, do you? I truly can't imagine why. Let's just say that I don't like fur, okay? Is that good enough for you? Sure. Get on with it, Sarhaka. Sarhaka pulled a chair up across from Nato and spoke to him coolly. We are ready to see this friend of yours. Are you ready to take us? We're quite tired of waiting, Nato. Yes, I am. We can leave whenever you want. Ness, go get the new girl, have her load up the supplies on the hunter, and let her know she has two-hour window to finish. Ness nodded and then left. Listen, I don't particularly care for the others to be completely honest. Vusu and Ba are a totally different story, however. If you betray us, I will end you, but it will be the longest, most painful experience of your life. Are we clear? <laughs> yes, uh... I promise you, I only want to take you there and leave. Do not wish for any trouble at all. I'm tired of trouble. Sarhaka nodded and then walked out of the room. Nato exhaled as the door locked behind the Twi'lek. Exactly two standard hours later, the hunter was prepared for takeoff. Ness gave the hyperspace coordinates to Va and went back to ensure that Nato was secured in his holding cell. Kira stood outside the gangway waiting, as G8 shuffled his way towards the ship. Hurry up, G8. Where exactly do you think he's going? With us, I thought, sir. Not in this lifetime, girl. We don't have room on board for some worthless protocol droid to be shuffling about for no reason. He stays here. Sarhaka then walked up the gangway and onto the ship, clearly not in the mood to entertain any more conversation. Mistress Kirana, what is going on? I'm sorry, G8, but the captain says you'll have to stay here. There is nothing I can do without giving myself away. We'll be back soon, I promise. This is unacceptable. I cannot allow you to leave without me. These scoundrels will never kill you. I'll watch over the droid, I promise. Kira jumped slightly at the sound of the Wookiee's voice. Ozzy approached so quietly for such a large form that she hadn't even noticed his arrival until he spoke. This will be acceptable, Wookiee. Thank you. Kira boarded the ship, and they took off for Ray Alarm. As soon as they were out of sight, G8 moved quickly back into the bar. He didn't move towards the steps that headed back towards Kira's room as he passed them, nor towards the back room either. He moved as fast as his protocol joints would allow him to, all the way out the front door. Thanks for coming to the Afterburn Bar. Come back again. 
G8 glanced briefly at the Ithorian sitting there, as he was fairly certain that it had been an old human the last time. He dismissed it as the door closed. He rotated his photoreceptors and looked around to take in the surrounding areas, making sure that no one was around. Verifying the lack of people, he activated his base programming. His body began to subtly change, going from protocol droid to his true G-series hunter-killer form. His joints were now free to move without any hindrance, and his processing power was diverted away from protocol algorithms to targeting and accuracy. He accessed the location of the redemption and sprinted towards it. If the naked eye had seen him moving, it would have registered it as a mirage or a dust devil at best. The only beings fast enough to keep up with him on any level, according to his master, would have been a Jedi. As of six standard minutes ago, none of those were left on world. He reached the ship and input the key code to access the landing hatch. He stepped inside, scrambling the code as he closed the gangway behind himself. He went straight to the comm station and powered it up, inputting a code only he had access to. After only a moment, a hooded figure appeared. This is a very pleasant surprise. Is everything going well? Everything was being adapted on the fly well, Master. However, the blue-skinned meatbag has prevented me from staying with Kirana. I assumed the role of protector since I could no longer follow my primary programming. The hooded man nodded in understanding and agreement. So where are they going? Why are you concerned? She is with the hunters on their way to Comic Nodley. The hooded man sat up quickly, now very interested. You are right to worry. I am changing your primary function, G8. Access code 6374468. Protect Kiran Malin at all costs until you can return to Yavin 4. Then you are to return to the mission you were on. As always, your targets are not to know your true function. Stay hidden. Yes, Master. The image of the hooded man disappeared and G8 immediately went to the cockpit of the Redemption and fired up the engines. He input the coordinates stored in his memory for Kabek Nonlane and leapt into the atmosphere at full thrust. Boss Nezagoth crept slowly through the force of Yavin 4. He kept himself completely cloaked in the force, unsure of what lay ahead. The power that he had felt in his ship had waned, but it was still present. There was, however, another power inside this temple that he was approaching, and this is what intrigued him currently. How many false Sith are there in this galaxy? They will all be removed, like the cancer they are. As he entered the temple, still fully cloaked in the Force, he moved quickly and quietly down the right-hand passage towards the source of the power that he felt. He paused outside of a large entryway and peered around the corner. He saw three figures, one standing, and two kneeling in front, heads bowed. The master and his apprentices, it would seem. I should kill them right here for the betrayal of Darth Bane's rule. He prepared to make himself known, and then stopped, as a smile crept across his blue face. I will teach them how a true Sith behaves. I believe it is time to practice all I have learned from my teachers. He pulled his hood back to reveal the long crown of thorns upon the top of his skull, the telltale sign of his Zabrak heritage. He allowed his Force masking to fall away somewhat, and immediately felt the hooded man reach out to investigate him with the Force. He slowly walked into the room, projecting a sense of weakness and frailty to the others, so as not to allow his full power to be known. Who are you? 
Why are you here? I am called Rayon. I have been searching for a teacher on every planet with dark side history. Exarkun was the Dark Lord who ruled here millennia ago. I had hoped to find something here to help direct me where I should go next. At the sound of his old master's name, Malakar looked up and back at the man who had spoken. How you know Exarkun? I have studied the oldest texts I could find in order to discover possible locations for a teacher. The Jedi have seemingly wiped out anyone and anything Darkseid related. It is hard to find any true wielders of it. Looking at the hooded man, Voss dropped to one knee. I humbly request training, my lord. Allow me to learn at your side, and I promise not to waste your time. A Doombrit seemed to think for a long while before nodding his head. You will learn under Malakar. You will be your teacher. Perhaps, if he deems you worthy, I will take time to teach you. Yes, my lord. As you wish. He cringed on the inside. The Masasi was not powerful enough to train him. He would simply be wasting his time. He would have to alter his plans now, it would seem. Rise, my apprentice. This is a glorious day for the dark side. Soon, the Jedi will fall. The hooded man then left. After he had been gone for several minutes, Voss reached out to feel if his presence was still apparent in the Force. It was not, and so Voss allowed his full power to ignite. As soon as he did so, the other two stiffened in shock. Who are you? I'm Darth Nezagoth, the true heir to the Sith. If you wish to live, bow before me now. Malakar had only felt power such as this once before in his life, from Exar Kun himself. Even the hooded man was not this powerful on the dark side. He immediately dropped to one knee. The Trandoshan, however, stood still and unmoving. He ignited his light axe and charged Voss. Voss responded by igniting his own blades and parrying his slow, cumbersome attacks. He laughed at his opponent, realizing that this one in particular had been trained haphazardly at best. His weapon should have been the ultimate in unpredictability, yet he had no real understanding of what its true purpose was. He allowed the battle to continue for a short while longer, before determining that the exercise was pointless. I tire of this worthless battle. You are not a challenge for me, lizard. Voss, using the power of the dark side, closed the gap between them and drove his elbow into the larger being's throat before he could blink. The dark apprentice gasped for air, dropping his weapon to the ground as he fell to his knees. Voss looked Malakar in the eyes as he spoke his next words. I am Darth Nezagoth. I have been trained by Darth Sidious and Darth Bane. You do not challenge me. If you wish to live, you will follow my every command without question. Malakar bowed his head once again, and Voss looked down at his prey. He brought his knee up sharply into the jaw of the Trandoshan and heard a sickening crunch as bones crushed under his attack. He knelt before his victim, whispering into his ear. You will die now. You may beg if you can manage it. I don't hear anything. Can you not speak, Apprentice? He stood and allowed the dark side to fill him fully. Pitiful. He reached his hand out over the prone figure of his helpless foe and unleashed the full power of the dark side into a perfect lightning storm. It was not, however, uncontrolled like a primitive storm, but completely contained within his willpower. 
The Trandoshan screamed in agony through his broken jaw, and within moments was nothing more than a pile of ash. Malachar looked on in shock, and once again bowed his head. We do not serve your hooded man anymore. Is that understood? I assure you that when the time is right, we will destroy him. Now, tell me about the students here. Sakul awoke with a start. His crystals were screaming in his mind. Stop! What is the matter? Awaken now! There is danger! We felt a presence we have never... They were cut off as if someone else had started speaking to them. Suddenly, Sakul felt an inrush of dark energy, more powerful than even when he had touched it himself. The crystals fed it back to him, and the rush of force energy caused him to rise from his bed. What is this power? I've never felt anything like it. If we want more, we must go to the temple where last we were defeated. Sakul did not hesitate, but immediately went to put on his attire and took off as fast as he could. As the hunter touched down on Raylara and the crew began to disembark, with Va pushing Nato ahead of her, Sarhaka looked back at Kirana. Sima, stay here. I doubt we need any greenhorns on this little trip. Kira shook her head. No way, Captain. I'm coming along. I didn't join up with you guys to just sit around and do nothing. Ness was impressed with the girl's spirit. Not many people felt comfortable talking to the Twilik like that ever, let alone on the first mission. Let her come along. What harm could it do her? Sarhaka shook his head in disgust. I'm more worried about what it could do to us. Fine, but you keep an eye on her. Ness nodded and motioned for Kira to join them. They walked closely together, and Kira whispered to Ness. Thanks. I really appreciate the help. He doesn't like me much, does he? He doesn't like anyone, dear, except for those two. Not really sure why, but I'm not particularly interested in asking at the moment, either. As they stepped off the gangway, they were surprised to see a tall, blonde-haired woman waiting for them. I am called Eonth. Please follow me. Mr. Nunlin is waiting for you. <laughs> no, he's not, fragging jerk. As they started following the woman, he spoke in her direction. Hey, didn't you used to be smaller with uh, different hair? When she did not respond, he simply shrugged to himself and continued to walk. They entered a pristine, high-ceilinged room with many comfortable chairs lining each wall. A man sat in one of the chairs, nervously waiting. Please have a seat. Mr. Nanlin will be with you as soon as he's finished with his next client. I'm here to find out if Mr. Nanlin can find my wife. She disappeared several months ago, and I need an answer so I can move on with my life. You mean we gotta wait for this idiot before we can go in? Trust me when I tell you that getting upset ain't the way to do things around here. Sarhaka looked between the woman, the Rodian, and the man in the chair. Sorry, friend. Nothing personal. He pulled his blaster and before anyone could react, shot the man in the head. We got places to be. Can we see him now? Inside the ornate room, they stood waiting for the man called Kabek Nanling to finish speaking with Nato. I don't recall telling you to come in person, however. 
am I missing something? No, no, sir. I just, I did my best to always play the right move. Just like you told me. I guess I'm just not as good at this thinking on my feet thing like you are. Kabak chuckled and then waved his hand dismissively. Consider this your one mistake. Go to your quarters. I'll deal with you later. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Now, which of you shot Mr. Hagrid? Of course. Was that entirely necessary, Sahaka? No, I think not. However, since you decided to be so very pushy, let's get down to things. Oh, where are my manners? You seem to have some new recruits since the last time we met. Nasala Como, Oziwaharu, and... He paused as if not entirely sure of what he saw. Kirana Malin. Truly the Force has a sense of humor. No, you must be mistaken. Her name is Seema. Aw, oh, crap. We fell for this? Ness, did you know about this? Nope, it's news to me. Kira looked at Ness with anger, but turned away quickly before anyone else might notice. So who cares what her damn name is? What do you want with us? Do you have a job or something? Straight to the point. A woman of my own heart. Yes, in fact, all of your previous jobs were set up through me. You simply did not get the privilege of knowing it. Now, however, our mutual employer has requested a new... How shall we say? Subject. You will go do what you do best and hunt. He smiled his features just visible from under his hood. There is a slight issue. Well, at least for your new greenhorn, that is. You see, Kira, since you ran away from home, things haven't gone very well for your parents. What do you mean? Are they safe? Oh, I really couldn't tell you. All I know is I've heard rumors that the Lon Vici crime lord did not take your departure well. Ness, we have to go and check on them, please. Tough Bantha spit, kid. We ain't got time for that right now. Guys, it's her family. Look, we've all got problems. Hers will have to wait. I'm not going anywhere except Paeus Motal. Well, I want to help you, but we have no ship. Yes, you do. I took the liberty of following you, ma'am. I apologize for disobeying your orders, sir, but I could not allow you to proceed alone. Kira ran up and hugged the droid, tears streaming down her face in joy. Oh, thank you, G8. We must go to Paeus Motel right away. Of course, Mistress Kirana. The ship is still powered up. We may leave immediately, unless one of these big bats wishes to try and stop us. <laughs> no, I think we're fine, buddy. Let's go. I'm coming with you. Greenhorn is my responsibility. Ozzy, go with Sarhaka and make sure they don't get into any trouble. Are you sure? I'll be fine, Ozzy. Please. Ozzy nodded his head and moved to give her a hug. Be safe, Ness. You too, big fella. Find out what they're up to. I don't like them keeping us in the dark. Ozzy nodded and they split up, each team boarding their ships and taking off into space. Everything will be fine, Kira, I promise. I sure hope so.